G'day everyone and welcome to The Bear Facts, which is proudly brought to you by the legends over at the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Now before we start, Tom, did you want to intro me, mate, or me intro you? I'm not sure. If I knew what I was going to f***ing do, I'd have already f***ing it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. Uh, <clears throat> Alrighty then, and on that note, let's start the show. Hello again, everyone, and welcome. And no, you aren't hearing things. I am Ozzy, and you are listening to the Bear Facts Podcast. And a big thank you there to Tom Brady for that warm introduction, and congratulations on your retirement. No doubt we're all waiting on bated breath to see who you end up signing with over the next few weeks. Again, can I thank the boys over at the Bear Down Chicago Podcast for the opportunity to work with you guys for this series of podcast episodes. Now I know, yes, it's another bloody podcast, only this one I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that it'll hit a little differently as it comes with a bit of a twist. Instead of focusing on current day Bears news, and of course there'll be times where we'll focus on what's currently happening, however on the Bear Facts, each episode we'll take a trip down memory lane and look at the key figures, stories and events that have helped shape our beloved Chicago Bears football team. Most of the episodes will drop during the off-season, then wind down once the season kicks off so as to not interrupt what is already a busy time for us all. We'll have some fun along the way, but if you think I'm just going to pick low-hanging fruit every week and dunk on Aaron Rodgers, well, you'd be absolutely right. But all douchebags aside, what I'm looking forward to most is meeting some of you, the fans, and hearing about your favourite stories, plays and moments, and the impact that each of these have had on you. And so without any further ado, let's kick things off with our first episode, and what better way to start than to take a look at the incredible life of Eddie Macon. Now, I was a bit disappointed that I couldn't get this episode out during Black History Month, unfortunately, Competing priorities got in the way of things a bit, but nevertheless, it's an inspiring story and it's one that all Bears fans should know. Now, just on a serious note and a quick warning, that this episode does touch on themes of racism, which could be triggering for some people. The name Eddie Macon is one that may not be recognisable to some Bears fans, but it's a name that bloody well should be. As you'll hear, Eddie Macon was a pioneer and a trailblazer that paved the way for change. This is the story of how Eddie Macon became the first African-American to play for the Chicago Bears football team. Edward Donald Macon was born March 7th, 1927 in Stockton, California. Macon had an unspeakably sad upbringing, having lost his father when he was just 18 months of age to a black widow spider bite. And then, when he was just 14, Macon tragically lost his mother to illness. Macon was raised by his stepdad, whom he acknowledged as his father as he recounted in a 2009 interview. Quote, The only father I knew was my stepfather. He raised us like we were his own children. My mother was always in frail health and she died when I was 14. Then my stepfather raised my brother and I, and when he remarried, his wife helped raise us. During Macon's childhood between 1934 and 1946 in a shameful period for the NFL, there were no African Americans playing in the league due to the Depression-era ban. Discrimination and race relations during the Great Depression had been pivotal to the ban. However, it was alleged that George Preston Marshall, then Washington football team owner, was openly opposed to having black players on his team and had allegedly rallied other team owners in the league, including Tim Mara of the New York Giants and George Hellas, to follow suit. Despite these allegations, however, 
Hallis had always denied there had ever been a league-wide conspiracy against hiring black players. In 1945, at age 18, Macon married his wife Jessie and joined the army. As World War II was drawing to a close, he was posted out to Japan for seven months. In 1949, Macon enrolled at the University of the Pacific in his hometown of Stockton, where he ran track and became the first African-American to play for the school football team, the Pacific Tigers. In his first season with Pacific under coach Larry Simmering, the Tigers finished their season undefeated 11-0 and outscored their opponents a combined total of 575-66. Macon was the star attraction. He could play on both sides of the ball, and while playing at halfback, he was the school's all-time leading scorer with 204 points, coming from 34 touchdowns during his three-year career. Macon also averaged 18.9 yards per punt return. During that same time period as defensive back, Macon intercepted 17 passes, the second highest in program history. His nine picks for 245 return yards during the 1951 season is a record that still stands today. Macon also made history as the first African-American to appear in a Sun Bowl in 1952. Macon's success didn't come without hardship. In a 2005 interview with the San Francisco Chronicle, Macon reflected on the discrimination that he experienced during a team trip to Baton Rouge in 1951. Macon recalled how he was originally told that he could play, only to find out on arrival that LSU refused to play against a black player. Macon had to be whisked away and hidden at the home of a black funeral director and was refused service at several restaurants during the trip. On January 17, 1952 in New York, Macon's dream would be realised when he was selected with pick 20 in the second round of the NFL draft. This historical day would set Macon on a path to becoming the first African-American to play for the Chicago Bears. Okay, folks, we're just going to run a quick timeout for our sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute. The Bear Facts Podcast is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Jeff, thank you so much for sponsoring the show. It's also brought to you by Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 69 years. They've got six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or give them a call at 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Now, Ozzy, back to you. Chicago had drafted a black player just a few years earlier in 1949, drafting George Saliaferro from Indiana. However, he never took the field for the Bears, opting to sign instead with the Los Angeles Dons in the All-American Football Conference. In an interview with ChicagoBears.com, Macon reflected on the words that George Hallis said to him when he was drafted. Quote, He told me what he expected of me, and that was to come in and just be a football player and be a gentleman. In 2005, Macon reflected on another conversation he had with Hallis, only this time it was a little more ominous. Quote, I want you to be my Jackie Robinson. Hallis was sending me a message by saying that. He knew that there was going to be a lot of bigotry, there were going to be a lot of things I'd have to endure and I couldn't lash back. Hallis's predictions couldn't have been more accurate. However, sadly, the bigotry came from inside the Bears locker room. In Gridiron Gauntlet, the story of the men who integrated pro football, Macon remembered Bears training. Quote, the roughest time I ever had, I'd go into the bathroom, that would have Macon go home and Macon, we don't want you and other stuff written on the mirror or the walls. The racism would follow him on the road. In an interview with ChicagoBears.com, Macon recalled playing pre-season games in the South where black players are not welcome in hotels 
and he would have to lodge with local African-American families in the area. Wearing the number 25 jersey, Macon spent two years at Chicago, playing 23 games for the Bears. He rushed for a total of 324 yards with two touchdowns from 70 attempts. Macon also caught 14 passes for 49 yards and two touchdowns. In 22 kick returns, he averaged 30.5 yards per return and 5.9 yards on 24 punt returns. One of these punt returns was a memorable 63-yarder against Washington, in which Macon zigzagged across the field. Unfortunately, not much is documented about his time in Chicago. However, after just two seasons and 23 games with the Bears, Macon left Chicago in 1954 for better pay and to follow his old Pacific Tigers coach Larry Simmering to play with the Calgary Stampeders in the Canadian Football League. When reflecting on his move to Calgary, Macon said, quote, After I played for the Bears for two years, I got more money to play with the Calgary Stampeders, so I jumped my contract. That changed my life drastically and ended up costing me a lot of money. Macon's move to Canada left Heller so incensed that he blacklisted Macon, refused to acknowledge him, and went so far as suing him for $100,000. After four seasons in the Canadian Football League, which included a three-year stint with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Macon returned to his beloved Stockton, playing all 14 games for the Oakland Raiders as defensive back in their inaugural season in 1960. Macon helped himself to nine intercepts in his one and only season with the Raiders, which included a 42-yard return for a touchdown in the season opener. He tied for second in the league for intercepts and earned himself selection in the AFL All-Pro team. Unfortunately, after a decision made by the Raiders to opt for youth, Macon's football career had come to an end. Macon's NFL career ended with 34 games, 324 yards and four touchdowns. Later in life in 2005, Macon reflected on the hardship of a lifetime of dealing with systemic racism. Quote, Every day when I wake up, I know that I'm black. I knew that when I was a young kid and I know it today. I wake up and I say to myself, Good morning, cruel world. How are you going to screw me today? Hardly a day has gone by in my life where something hasn't happened to let me know that I'm black. You go to a store in a mall and you're looking at things and you know there's somebody following you or you're the first one standing in line to buy groceries and the cashier points to the guy behind you if he's Caucasian and calls him to the front of the line. That's when I have to say, wait a minute, I'm next. Tragedy followed Macon in his later years. In the same interview in 2005, Macon discussed how he was struggling to cope with the death of his youngest child and only son, Edward Jr. Edwin died in July that year while in a San Francisco jail. He was just 44 years of age. Incredibly, and in a testament to his strength and grind mentality, Macon worked on the docks as a longshoreman until the age of 82. Sadly, he passed away aged 90 on April 19, 2017 after a short illness. Eddie was survived at the time by his wife, Jessie, whom he was married for 71 years, his four daughters, Marilyn, Janice, Edna and Andrea, his 12 grandchildren, more than three dozen great-grandchildren and 10 great-great-grandchildren. Perhaps it's most fitting to end with a couple of quotes from Macon, the first in 2005 and the second in 2011, when he spoke about the pride he had in becoming the first ever African-American to play for the Chicago Bears. Quote, I'll remember blazing the trail, being the first black player on the Bears. Nobody can take that away from me. And quote, There always has to be a pioneer. Someone has to be the first, and I was the first, and I feel very proud that I was the first. So there you have it, folks. That's the incredible story of Eddie Macon and a man who I think doesn't get anywhere near the recognition that he truly deserves. And despite the tragedies and hardships that he endured, I I really enjoyed the research and I hope that you got something out of it too and, and really enjoyed learning about his story if you hadn't heard it already. 
And I was really excited to hear at Kevin Warren's press conference just a few weeks back that his aim is to truly embrace the Bears alumni. And I really do hope that Eddie Macon is part of that. And I think we've come a long way as well with a black quarterback, a black GM and a black CEO. I think it's it's really shown that the organisation has grown and, and, and being a true leader in this space. Now on a lighter note, if you have any episode ideas or you'd like to share some feedback, please hit me up on Twitter at a bear down under, unless of course you've got something negative to say. And in that case, I'll just leave it to Billy Madison. I know most of you are saying, hey, any idiot could do that. Well, it was tough for me, so back off! Thank you for all your support, legends, and bear down.